Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett on the Friday broadcast. We have made it to Friday. Praise the Lord. It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. Well, today I want to talk to you about the power of imagination. Now, I want you to picture this verse that I'm going to read to you. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. This is the New Living Translation. Paul says, No eye has seen... No ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Now picture that verse, okay? Your eye can't see it, your ear can't hear it, and your mind can't even imagine what God has prepared for those who love Him. In other words, it's beyond our imagination. Now Paul doesn't say, don't imagine it. But he says, no matter what you imagine, what God has prepared for us is beyond our understanding. Now, one of the greatest gifts that God has given us is our imagination. The ability to imagine is one of the things that makes human beings different from animals. You were made in God's image, so we could say that we are made in God's imagination. So think of our creator as one who is very creative. You have the ability to imagine. It was Napoleon who said, Imagination rules the world. Einstein said, Imagination is more important than knowledge. Dream about winning something big. That's too low. Dream about God's plan for your life. That's even bigger. Dreaming of the perfect body, the perfect spouse, or the perfect house. God's dream is even bigger than that. Mark 9 says, Everything is possible for those who believe. Ephesians chapter 3 tells us that with God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything we can ask or imagine. So imagine how God could use you. Imagine how God could take you and do something that is beyond your imagination. Well, we're going to look at the story of Joshua. In Joshua chapter number 1, we're going to look at verses 1 through 11. And I'm going to share with you what Joshua went through and how God used him even beyond his wildest imagination. Let's read the verses 1 through 11. I'll make some comments along the way. I'll make some suggestions as to what could possibly have been going through the mind of Joshua as God gives him this wonderful directive. Joshua 1 verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of God, God spoke to Joshua, Moses' assistant. And God says, now Moses, my servant is dead. So Joshua, get going. So I'm going to interject here what I think may have gone through the mind of Joshua. Uh, uh, God, uh, are you talking to me? You want me, you want us to get going? Uh, Where do you want us to go? Glad you asked, Joshua. Cross this Jordan River. You and all the people. All of us? You know, Moses couldn't pull this off. And and we tried. And did you know that right now the river is in flood stage? Cross into the country I'm going to give the people of Israel. I'm going to give you every square inch of the land that you set your foot on, just as I promised 
Moses. Uh, you, you know, God, there's these giants that are still in there. And, and our giant, Moses, is dead. Uh, well, you know that. Uh, you just told me that. Uh, well, how far do you want us to go into that land? And wait a minute. Why, why do we need this land anyway? Is, is this land really worth it? Okay, this is what I want, Joshua. From the wilderness and this Lebanon east to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the Hittite country, and all that is to the west of the great sea, it's all yours. Uh, Certainly, you don't mean me. Uh, Maybe we need to take part of it. No, Josh. All, not just some, all. You see, your life, you're going to be able to hold out against them. In the same way that I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Well, 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 no, I'm not Moses. I'm Joshua. Don't worry, Joshua. I'll be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. This is what you need, strength and courage. I'm not feeling it, Lord. You're going to lead this people to inherit the land that I promised to give their ancestors. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you. Every bit of it. Do I have to do it all? Oh, oh all that land requires all, all the obedience, but, but I'm easily distracted. Okay, don't get off track. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. As you are going, keep straight. Okay, I've got it. And don't for a minute let this book of the Revelation be out of your mind. Ponder on it. Meditate on it day and night. You know, I've never been a very good student. Well, don't just study it. Make sure that you practice it. Everything written in it. Then you'll get along and you're going to be going just fine. Then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you? Wait, wait, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord. What was that you had said? Oh, strength and courage. Don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. I'm God, you're God, and I'm with you every step of the way. Okay, I've got it. What's the orders again? You'll be my leader. You're going to go through the camp. You're going to give the orders to the people. Tell them to pick up their bags. In three days, we're going to cross the River Jordan to enter into that land, the land your God is going to give you to possess. So there it is. There is the dream that God has for Moses and his people. So as we look at this story, we've got to figure out what caused Joshua to follow through with this dream that God had. Oh, first of all, he had to let go of doubt. You know, to be undecided or to be skeptical about a matter, is to really be filled with doubt. Doubt is a great enemy of God's dream for your life. Doubt limits your potential. Doubt causes procrastination. Doubt causes you to miss God's best. You say, I doubt that God could use me in a great way. Look at me. Joshua had seen the fruit of the promised land, but he also saw the giants of the promised land. James tells us, anyone, talking about believers, anyone who doubts 
is like a wave in the sea, blown up and down by the wind. They should not think they will receive anything from the Lord. They receive nothing. It was God who said, Give me the benefit of your convictions, if you have any, but keep your doubts to yourself, for I have enough of my own. Now, how would you like to be Joshua? How would you like to follow up the act of Moses? In Numbers chapter 12, Moses was the humblest man that ever lived. I mean, he's like a hero's hero. In Deuteronomy, it says that he was the greatest man who ever lived on the earth. He was the most important prophet in Judaism. Is Joshua, oh, great. I have this doubt, and I'm following Moses. This is too big for me. You see, there's only one problem that Joshua had to overcome. He had to overcome doubt. Now, Palestine at this time is inhabited by seven enemy nations, all of which are much bigger and stronger than the nation of Israel. But we're going to overcome them. So God says, now listen, Joshua, be bold, be strong. Banish your fear, banish your doubt. For remember, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You may be outnumbered, but the Lord is with you. God is on your side. Dump your doubts. Four times, Joshua 1 says, be strong, be courageous. You see, it's a choice. It's just like faith. But when we think about how Joshua could be so strong, what causes us to doubt? I don't understand the logic of this, but a lot of people believe that their doubts, and their doubts, they doubt their beliefs. Why do we have doubt? I think we have doubt because we rehearse failure. 400 years of being a slave in Egypt, 40 years wandering in the wilderness, they were rehearsing their failures. Thomas Edison said, I failed my way to success. Never let the fear of striking out get in your way, said George Herman, who was more famously known as Babe Ruth. He had 1,856 strikeouts, but he had 714 home runs. He had far more strikeouts than home runs. You see, Moses was a murderer before he became a leader. Uh, Jacob stole his family's inheritance before God blessed him and changed his name from Suplanta to Israel. David was an adulterer, and he had a lot of reasons to doubt God could use him. Not only was he an adulterer, but he also put a man to death to cover up his adultery. That's not good. Abraham gave his wife away, not once but twice, in order to save his life. He says, take my wife. Man, what a great man of faith he is. Paul was a religious terrorist before God got a hold of him. Peter was a hard-driving, hard-drinking, hard-cussing, salty Navy sea dog, but God used him. He was a sailor who swore up and down, but God used him. You see, God has given us two eyeballs in our head, and he put those eyeballs in front of us, not in the back of our heads. God gave us two eyeballs so that we'll be looking ahead. He put them in the front of our heads so that we'll look forward and not backwards. 
Listen, when God attached two ears to the side of your head, he pointed those ears toward the front so you could hear what is taking place in front of you, not hear what people are saying behind your back. Listen, when God gave you those arms, he attached them to your body and he put them in such a way that it's easy for us to reach forward, but hard for us to reach back. Why? Because he doesn't want us reaching back. He wants us to reach forward so that we can always help people. When God put the two feet on your ankles, he attached them to your leg so that you would move forward and not backwards. You ever see how difficult it is to walk backwards, but it's easy to walk forward. He put them facing forward. He wants you to walk forward in faith, not backward in fear. In fact, the entirety of our anatomy, there's only one part of your body that is facing your past. And that's why we call it our behind. I think God has a sense of humor. Listen, he doesn't want us looking behind. He wants us moving ahead. Don't let your past doubts, don't let your past guilt keep you from being used by God. God says, I don't care what your past is. I want to use you. And so Joshua could not constantly rehearse his failures. He had to dump his doubts. You know, there's something else that holds us back, and that is comparing our abilities. There's a way to look at comparison. Compare, I, sin. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, we do not dare to classify or to compare ourselves with someone else. We don't commend ourselves with others. When they measure themselves by themselves and they compare themselves with themselves, they're not wise. Paul says, we, however, we don't boast, not beyond proper limits, but we confine our boasting to the spear of our service to God himself. You see, God uses ordinary people. If God only used superstars, Not much would get done in this world. In fact, if God only used perfect people, nothing would be done because there are no perfect people. God uses ordinary people. God uses people who are weak. God uses people with problems. God uses people with mixed motivations. God uses dysfunctional people. God uses bizarre people, all kinds of people. God doesn't want us to be comparing ourselves with anybody else. He wants you to be unique. He wants you to be you. So don't compare yourself with others because compare, I sin. So Joshua was used because he let go of doubt. Secondly, God used Joshua because he looked for a promise. Joshua chapter 1, verse number 3, I promised Moses I would give you the land. I will give you every place that you go in the land. Did you know that 13 times in the book of Joshua, that word promise is used? If you were to summarize the life of Joshua, it would be capture the promised land. I promise to be with you. I promise that I will come through, says the Lord. I will give you every place you go into the land. Joshua was able to capture the promised land because he 
rested his drive on a promise. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, With God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything we could imagine. Now, don't you love that? God can do more than you can imagine. Joshua 23.14, Now my time has come to die. Joshua is old. And every one of you know that as you get some age on you, uh, you've got to rest on something. And Joshua says, God has given us all the things that he promised. Every promise he made has been kept. Not one has failed. Can you say that at the end of your life? That God has come through every single time. Listen, there's three promises that those who live for God, understand. And Joshua understood that. Promise number one is that God is going to give you strength. Joshua 1.5, God reminds Joshua, nobody's going to be able to stand against you. I promise you, I'll give you strength. Promise number one. Promise number two, Joshua 1.7, God was going to bring success. You will be successful. Now, he's not promising to make you a success at what you do, He's making that success to drive you through that. He's going to bring the success. You know, sometimes we flop, sometimes we fail, but God says, I'm going to bring you success. That's why we stumble, because we're often doing what we want to do instead of what God wants us to do. Listen, if you jump on board with what God is doing, you will find success in life. It's really that simple. Start doing what God made you to do, and you'll be guaranteed to be successful at it. You know, I'm going to confess, when we started the church, I had all these plans. And I said, now, Lord, you bless my plans. God says, I don't want to bless your plans. Those aren't my plans. Those are your plans. But if you jump on board with my plans, I will give you success. Hey, Joshua, jump on board with what God is doing. You will be successful. God promised strength. God promised success. Number three, God promised support. I will be with you, Joshua 9, 1, 9, wherever you go. Look at verse number 8. Always remember what is written in this book. Study it day and night. Be sure to obey everything that is written therein. If you do this, you'll be wise, you'll be successful in everything. Joshua 1, 8. You know, General Douglas MacArthur once called Joshua the greatest military leader who ever lived. He said this because Joshua's life was one battle after another, continuously, yet he never gave up. Do you ever feel like that? Like your life is one battle after another? Just when you got one problem solved, another one pops up? Just when you get one victory and one thing, all of a sudden, there's another fight that needs to be fought. How do you keep on going when you're having one battle after another? Well, you do the third secret of being used by God. You let go of doubt. You look for a promise. And number three, you lean on God. Leaning is more than just believing. It means I'm going to depend upon him. I'm not just going to say, I believe this promise. I'm going to lean on this promise. Look at Joshua 1.5. No one will be able to defeat you all your life. Hey, Joshua, you're going to be in a constant fight, but nobody's going to defeat you. 
just as I was with Moses. I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forget you. Now, I want to ask you a very important question. Who or what are you leaning on for strength? What is your source of strength? Is it somebody else? Are you leaning on the approval of other people for your strength? This is a very shaky foundation. People are going to let you down. They get tired of you depending upon them to hold you up. And they're going to drop you one day. Not necessarily because they meant to, but they just got tired. So you can't trust other people to hold you up all the time. You can't even trust yourself. Have you ever discovered how often you let yourself down? You do. You make promises to yourself that you can't keep. You do it all the time. You're letting yourself down. You disappoint yourself. So if you say, I'll just depend upon me, you'll let yourself down. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Joshua looked for a promise, let go of doubt, and he leaned on God. That's what his source of strength was found. God promised him that his enemies would not defeat him all the days of his life. Joshua was going to go from one victory to another victory to another victory his entire life, all because he leaned on God. And number four, last but not least, we must launch out in faith. Joshua issued instructions to the leaders to tell the people to get ready. Get ready to cross the River Jordan. In Joshua 1, verses 10 and 11, we discover that they go out. Now, as they go out into this river, the Jordan River, it's in flood stage, okay? Now, ordinarily, the Jordan River is about 100 feet wide and 20 feet deep, except in flood season. And we discover here that he couldn't wait for the flood to go because God was moving him at that moment. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you're never going to get anything done. If you know it's the right thing to do it, you do it in spite of fear. You know, every time, if you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. You're the most. You know, fighting fear is what courage is. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's moving ahead in spite of fear. You say, well, what do I do? When I know it's the right thing to do, but I don't have the faith, you do it anyway. And once you start doing it in faith, the faith will come. The faith comes once you take that first step. Here we see a miracle. The miracle of the Jordan River being stopped up. The miracle didn't come when they took the first step. It came when they took numerous steps into the River Jordan. God doesn't do the miracle first. No, no, he wants you to step out to launch out in faith. Can you do anything you know? God can do more than you can imagine. In 1 John 4.18, it says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears 
has not been made perfect in love. I want to conclude by reading Ephesians 3.20 in the message version. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working with us, working within us. His spirit deeply and gently guides us. What are you doubting that God can do for your life today? Trade that big doubt in for a big dream, and you'll discover that God will do abundantly more than you ask or think. Thank you so much for joining me on this Friday broadcast. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your safety as you drive home. I'm praying that you will trust God for something so big that it's doomed for failure unless he intercedes. If I can pray for you personally today, shoot me a text at 252-267-2365. Thank you so much for joining me today. That number again, 252-267-2365. I'd love to see you at worship this weekend at Hickory Ridge Community Church. Join me at 9 o'clock or 1045. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.